as the Christian people prepare to enter into Advent, the scripture readings begin to present what some find to be a very unpleasant topic, the end times, the final judgment. There will come that moment known only to God when in the person of his son he will suddenly and definitively burst into human history and bring history to an end. Every human being that ever lived and all that are alive at that time shall be judged in the presence of all humanity. Time shall cease to exist as each person enters the eternity he or she chose, the eternity of heaven or the eternity of hell. Many find the idea of hell to be old-fashioned theology, oppressive, and when I was in seminary, we were told never talk about it. And yet hell is very real for one reason. God loves each person so much, he respects that person's free will and never violates it. No one is ever saved against his or her will. Hell, then, an eternity without God, without love, must exist precisely because we are free moral agents, always responsible for the choices we make. Our first reading from the book of Daniel was probably written about the year 165 B.C., addressing events that took place centuries earlier. The book describes how God uses the paganism that his chosen people are surrounded by to his purpose, showing that he alone is the maker and the unmaker of kings. That is, he alone is the master of history. It is a lesson we need to remember. The book warns there should be periods of great suffering for the chosen people. But those who persevere and have their names inscribed in the book of life will be saved. It is in this reading that we encounter the very first biblical reference to the resurrection of the dead. Now our gospel reading can be a bit confusing. Is Jesus speaking of a particular event in history or the end of history itself? when he says, in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened. It is helpful to go back to verses 14 and 23. There, Jesus is speaking about the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. We know from non-biblical historical records the general Titus, son of the emperor Vespasian, laid siege to Jerusalem in the year 66, just a few days before the Passover feast, a time when Jerusalem would have been packed. Some scholars think up to almost 200,000 people would have packed Jerusalem to celebrate. Jews from all over the known empire would have come to offer sacrifice. And one cannot help but think, that Titus's timing was deliberate to create maximum damage to the Jewish people. A number of Jewish factions were fighting among themselves for political control, yet only created more chaos 
There was, in essence, no Jewish leadership. And one of the factions, by the way, was the Zealot Party, which the disgraced apostle Judas Iscariot was a member of. We know from the Jewish historian Josephus, who witnessed the Roman invasion of Jerusalem and wrote about it in his work, The Wars of the Jews, that prior to Jerusalem's collapse, there were all kinds of bizarre and frightening signs, signs that Jesus mentioned. Josephus describes, for example, quote, a star resembling a sword which stood over the city and a comet that continued for a whole year. For the ancients, a comet was a sign of evil. Josephus writes that a great light shone around the altar in the holy house that appeared to be bright daytime. He wrote that the eastern gate of the inner court of the temple, which was of brass and vastly heavy, and had been with difficulty shut by twenty men, was seen to be opened of its own accord about the sixth hour of the night. And an event that even Josephus admits sounds like a fable, except for the eyewitnesses who reported it. Before sunset, chariots and troops of soldiers in their armor were seen running about among the clouds. He further describes how the priests one evening experienced an earthquake and heard a great noise and then, quote, a sound of a great multitude saying, let us remove hence, unquote. According to Josephus, the priests interpreted these signs as warnings that God would permit the Romans to take Jerusalem and this scared the populace. Others tried to give different interpretations to calm the people. It must have been a confusing and frightening time. General Titus breached the walls of Jerusalem in a three-pronged assault. Then he did the unthinkable. He went into the temple and defiled it by entering the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest was permitted to enter once a year to utter the divine name. This was the desolating sacrilege Jesus referred to in Mark chapter 13, verse 14, and was to serve as a warning that anyone who witnessed any of this should flee the city. Josephus goes on to describe the mayhem and wholesale slaughter of the Jews in the city, the majority of whom were innocent men, women, and children there as pilgrims. The Romans unleashed their fury on the populace. None were spared. It is said that the streets of Jerusalem literally ran ankle deep in blood. It all came to an end in August of 70 AD. Now that is the backdrop for today's gospel reading. When Jesus says, in those days, after that tribulation, that is after the fall of Jerusalem, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. In other words, says Jesus, humanity is still going to endure many more tribulations. Can we not agree that there have been periods of history where it seemed as if lunatics from insane asylums have ruled the world, wreaking incredible suffering on humanity? Have there not been generations that have listened to the evil one disguised in charismatic leaders that promised a utopia on earth if only people abandoned their freedom and embraced their agendas with tragic results? 
Have there not been? Is there not now? The voice of evil wrapped in honeyed speech that insists that man can only be free if he unleashes the shackles of belief in God. The very stability of the universe, says Jesus, will prove to be not so stable. The only unchanging reality is his words. What matters then is that whatever period of history the Christian people inhabit, whatever particular tribulation any particular generation must go through, the only security the believer has is Jesus' words. They must embrace the struggle to live according to the gospel. And at all times, no matter what kind of chaos prevails, to be prepared for the second advent, the second coming. Jesus tells us, no one knows the day and no one knows the hour. We don't need to know the day or the hour. We just need to know he is coming. He has never broken his promise. He's never broken his word. And that is what should sustain us no matter what.